0: Mixed net cases this is Nuke Joss, and this is dinner in a movie and today i have a guest welcome guest hi i'm that guest that's not tech but i'm jason yes and we're going to be talking about the netflix series wednesday and we were going to record this last year you know in december but um jason hadn't finished the series quickly enough and he was like oh i kind of want to talk about that too so i postponed it and we're going to talk about it now I'm going to tell you right now, this was a binge
1: worthy series. It, it, it really was. Um, uh, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if I had to wait. Um, cause Netflix has been doing that with some of their shows where they've been releasing them one episode a week or two yeah. episodes a week or something like that. Like, uh, there's a new anime called, or not new, but the second season of an anime called Vinland Saga is out and it's coming out one episode a week. And I'm like, Oh my God
0: yeah and some shows that's actually good because and i think they're they're realizing that they want to do it that way because they want to create the buzz right you want people to have time to talk about it whereas if it's something that you have the option to binge well next thing you know there's going to be spoilers everywhere and if you wanted to stay spoiler free you either have to binge it or just get spoiled or not go on social media whereas and then it 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 doesn't actually generate the viewing numbers, whereas when you're releasing it weekly, people start talking about it and they're not spoiling the whole thing, but it's it's getting people more motivated to watch it. But I, I do agree with you. I think that Wednesday is uh, not just bingeable, but it it works as a binge show. Some shows work with that format in mind.
1: Yeah and and especially with this show because the of the way they structure it the way they're kind of cuz I I would feel the original Adams family movies that we know a lot of us grew up on and kind of fell in love with is it leans way more into that Tim Burtony like Nightmare Before Christmas dark kids stuff you know what i'm saying like from that era of gothic uh, kids
0: i'd call it it's like yeah goth for kids
1: yes yeah Um, beetle beetlejuice ah, real monsters are you afraid of the dark like that era in tv is kind of what spawned those and this has that feel but this definitely gives you more of a like older kid vibe like funny
0: thing about adam's family the movie that most of us think of uh, with Raul Julia and Christina Ricci and Angelica Houston. Um, it was originally offered to Tim Burton and he was involved in the pre production, but he had to turn it down to film Batman Returns. I mean, and Batman, and Batman. The, the original Batman with Michael Heaton is primo. Okay. I mean, that's
1: I'm not mad at him, like, because I mean, don't get me wrong, like Adam's family and Adam's family values do have their place in cinema and people love them, but. They are no Batman and Batman returns.
0: I mean, they, they were probably as influential, but it just in a different genre. Um, I am ha- quite happy that Adam's family and Adam's family values was what it was because it did build a bit of a culture and it wasn't a one and done kind of a thing. Whereas I think maybe if Tim Burton had, you know, thrown up all Tim Burton y on, uh, the original Adams Family movies, uh, it would not have had the same lasting power.
1: Oh, and, I think, a, and also Johnny Depp would have been in it.
0: Yes, and Johnny Depp would have been Gomez. Um,
1: oh.
0: <laughs> I think that um, him having time and coming at it instead of I'm doing the Adams Family, I'm doing something around the Adams Family. Because this show, if you haven't seen it, it is not about the Addams Family. It is 100% about Wednesday, which is likely one of the most captivating characters in the Addams Family that you always want to know more about.
1: Yeah, it's it, the, the fact that they do a good enough job of balancing out, like giving us more about Wednesday, but we also still get those iconic characters we love. We still get Morticia. We still get Gomez. We still get Pugsley. We still get Uncle Fester. We get it. We get, Yeah, but
0: I know, I know your complaint is that we didn't get enough Pugsley
1: honestly we don't i i am a fan of the the kind of not buddy copness of it all but like the the rapscallions that they were in those original movies where they were kind of inseparable like mm. i like that i like that idea although technically i understand why you had to do it this way why they did it this way because it gives wednesday place to grow on her own and i would really like if instead of doing a follow up season to wednesday right away give us a pugsley just give oh, just that would be fun you know, because he's having adventures and doing stuff off on of his own. So, like, let us see that. Like, I feel like the success of this show should allow for something like that to happen. Maybe not something that focuses on the whole family. But if you just want to give us Wednesday, then Pugsley, then Wednesday, or maybe they end up at the same school, you know, I think that'd be cool. Like, I think that would be an interesting way to tell the stories of the Addams family.
0: I think that could be fun. I do think that could be fun. Uh, I always enjoyed Wednesday. Um, the fact that we weren't the same age, but close enough in age, Christina Ricci was Wednesday. Definitely, uh. yeah. <laughs> it it it, it kind of fit into thing the Venn diagram of things that I'm interested in. And back in the early 2000s, like in not the early days of YouTube, but a little bit after that, um. There was a series that this, an independent series that came out, the little short, maybe 10 minute episodes about Wednesday in her adult life. They were amazing. They were so good. And it was was things like her applying for a job, her trying to rent a room, her getting cat called. And the comedian who wrote and acted in these were just amazing. They were so great. They are all removed they are 100% scoured wow. from the internet because when Disney wanted to make their next Adams Family movie, they went, got very litigious as we know that Disney can be. So all of that great content is gone. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, I, if you can find them somewhere hidden out there on the internet, please share it with me because I would love to download it. It is fantastic but that's the whole thing they don't want it to be found
1: um i i see it's it's stuff like that which is why i which is why i do praise this modern era we live in where almost nothing leaves the internet because when you come across those little hidden gems like that and they aren't on the internet like you, you have to try so hard to find them it makes it makes you realize just how blessed we are to to be basically to have nothing escape like nothing yeah. escapes the feed of the internet.
0: But uh but then you've got Disney who has tried to buy everything and right. did buy enough rights that they could get litigious, but they didn't buy them all and Netflix made Wednesday. So I was really excited um about this and it's Wednesday she's in she's at the high school level and she is uh expelled from her public school and has to go to Her last resort, the school she didn't want to go to, the, the private school that her parents met in, named Nevermore after, (laughs) of course, the Raven. Their greatest,
1: their greatest graduate.
0: There are so many references to Edgar Allan Poe. It is delectable. Um, just, there's a, a race that they have to do at one point and all the teams are named after different stories. I love it. And then they have to like dress and do the whole theme. And so like, while I'm watching that whole scene, I'm trying to pick out what the different boats are and, and figure out, Oh, it's from this story. And it's from this story. I like, there's so many little references. I absolutely love it. One of the things that I was really excited about when I heard this was coming out is when I saw the casting photo and what I thought was the entire family (laughs) was being cast as a Latino Latina family. And we discovered today one of them shockingly, shockingly is not, and the only family member that we saw that is not is Catherine Zeta-Jones. Did you know she is white, white, white?
1: Yeah, like Welsh and Irish white. (laughs) Like
0: yeah, she's Welsh and Irish. That she is like super duper duper white
1: (laughs) and. You would have, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Like, I, cause again, I would have swore up and down that they made this whole cast Latino. And the worst part about it is, uh, Fred Armisen, who plays yeah, who uh, I Uncle Fessy, is, is, is Latino. He,
0: his mother was Venezuelan and on his father's side, it's German and Korean. So we were blown away, like absolutely blown away. But more than just hiring a cast of Diverse actors, um, because it wasn't just the Adams family, like the entire cast is, is pretty diverse. Um, they gave, they, they brought to the forefront the characters' backgrounds. You know, people were getting so mad when they saw Louise Guzman, uh, cast as Gomez. And I, it drove me
1: insane. But, but Gomez like, is a short, is a short Hispanic chubby man.
0: Like, his name is Gomez. Yeah. Like, he was originally written that way and and people were like oh but he's supposed to be suave he's supposed to be sophisticated and then if you look at the cartoons from the New Yorker no he looks like Luis Guzman he's got a flathead yeah and he he's very a, round and a, yeah, he's, a, um, he's, he's, he's darker a, than everybody else in the family right because uh, oh yeah.
1: Like yeah it just it's it's the thing is the original creators of the Adams family wanted the family to be of color like that's why they are the Adamses and it's Gomez Adams like yeah, it's
0: it, it, Charles Adams did definitely um was was very careful in the way that he named them and everything else um there's a whole bunch about him he, he is a fascinating person um but we're not going to talk about him in this episode um but you know, if people, I remember seeing people saying, oh, they're just, they're just diversifying it up. This is just leftist stuff. And it was like, you were fine with Latinos when they were white passing. You're just not fine when they're not white passing is what you're saying here, you know. And yeah. I've had people say, oh, it could have been Oscar Isaac. I was like, no, that makes no sense. Um
1: He's too sexy. As much <laughs> as I, as much as I love Oscar Isaac. He's, and I, he's. He's, he's too sexy, and he's also too tall. And he's
0: yeah, like for what what Tim Burton was going for, it was not going to work. Pedro Pascal was another one, and of course, everybody loves him as their daddy now. But no, mindset, um,
1: mindset, it's, a mindset, it's a
0: mindset exactly. um But no, I think Luis Guzmán was perfect. I think that Jenny Ortega. Uh, definitely brought a lot to this role as Wednesday. They gave her a lot of creative liberties. There's this whole bit about, have you noticed that she doesn't blink?
1: Yes, she has very big eyes in this.
0: She doesn't blink in any single, uh, cut. And it all started that she tried it. She tried to do a whole cut without blinking. And Tim Burton loved it. And she was like, Yeah, because it's not I'm not blinking. And then they agreed she wouldn't blink. And there were a bunch where they had to reshoot a bunch of scenes because she would just start crying, because when you don't blink, you cry. Yeah. Um and she had to learn how to blink when the camera wasn't on her and all this other stuff. The other thing is, and I didn't know this until today, uh so everybody's going nuts over the the dance that she made up. Now I had known that uh the dance she made up Is her doing Susie from Susie and the Banshee is like whatever. But what I didn't know is when she filmed that, she that was the first day of her having COVID. Oof. She didn't know she had COVID. She had taken a test and she went on set and she continued filming. And if you've had COVID and you had the symptoms bad, you know how you think you're fine and then you're not. So imagine doing that through a whole day of filming. And then um, they got the negative test. They took her off set. They did all their protocols. And I guess she had always wanted to reshoot it. And they said, oh, we just don't have the time. And that's the scene that went viral and everybody's going nuts over. Her. Meanwhile, you know, she's, yeah, gosh, she looks so dead because she has COVID.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's, you know, the look of the show and specifically like, the fact that this leans into the supernatural aspects of the Adams family far more than the other two films, because at Nevermore there are lichens, there are vampires, yeah. there are banshees, uh, sirens. Are oh yeah, the merf- banshees. Yeah, there's Murph. Merf- there's Murph folk. Um, creatures. And you know, because that's one of the things that people kind of slips is that Morticia's a vampire, like, or at least. Comes off as a vampire I throughout. I think
0: Morticia's supposed to be a witch.
1: Witch in this one, right?
0: No, but I think she's always, always been? been supposed to be a witch. It's, it's, it's Lily Munster who's the vampire. Mm. That's where you're getting confused. They do look alike though. They have some similarities, but, uh, yeah, no. Morticia's supposed to be a witch. What I liked is how they tied it to, uh, the ancestors and they were saying that the ancestor, the Adams ancestor, um, Goody Adams, was also not white and possibly part indigenous. Maybe I was just picking that up. I don't know, it, but definitely, given,
1: given the era in which they lived, it wouldn't be surprised their and their reaction to Goody Adams. It wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, it was. It, it, so it was definitely very entrenched in this. I love, I love Nevermore. I, you know, I'm not really a big on, you know, uh, it makes for great storytelling, having a bunch of kids thrown into a school, but it's like, why are you sending your children away and you never see them? But, um, it, it, I love Nevermore because it is so po themed. Um, I love, love Enid. I love her roommate. Oh, um, yeah. And
1: them, them sending them to a private school is one of the things that we forget about the Adams family. Like it, they're rich. Like,
0: They're like, super duper rich, but they normally wouldn't send their kids to a private school because they wouldn't want to be away from them. They're a very loving family. Like the Adams family is really one of the best TV families ever because they all really do care about each other. I mean, Gomez is passionate for Morticia, but he's also passionate for his kids. He has little pet names for them.
1: He loves he, his brother. Like He loves his brother and and one of the things i do like and you do see that in the original um movies sadly you don't get a you don't get any interactions with gomez and fester in wednesday but yeah. you see that regardless of how they fight one another like they still love each other like the reason why wednesday gets sent to nevermore is because she's protecting pugsley from bullies like yeah. she, she unleashes man eating piranha in
0: the swimming pool it's a great prank and i absolutely love it but i have a big problem
1: with this well harana eat living flesh
0: aside from that my big problem is she's defending her brother who got tied up and tossed in a locker with an apple in his mouth which that's her job um but then they sent her to another school so what happened to pugsley is pugsley stuck with the bullies and nobody's there to defend him
1: Right. Again, this is why we need the Pugsley show. I need and, to know what happened to Pugsley. But I also need them to lean into the the morbid kind of, you know, the gothicness of it all. Because I felt they missed an opportunity when she opens the locker and sees Pugsley tied up with an apple in his mouth in the locker. And she pulls the apple out and she's like, who did this to you? And he should have been like something along the lines of like, oh, it was so and so on them. But I don't mind. It reminds me of when we used to play hide and go seek. Yeah. And like she then puts should put the apple back in his mouth and shut the locker. Like I feel like that I, is how the Adams would have done it.
0: I think I think that um what they were trying to show is and and maybe there's something cut. I don't know because I do think if if she had done that to him, he'd be fine enduring the torture. But because it was done by somebody he doesn't consent to playing these games with. He definitely minds it.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, we also know Pugsley has a penchant for blowing sh- rack up, so stuff up.
0: <laughs> Jason, I could have said worse things. Now I have to edit. This is not supposed to be a podcast that I edit. This is supposed to be off the cuff chatting. To be fair, they say that on P- they say that on PG thirteen stuff. Why are we having this conversation? You know my <laughs> rules. It's my rating, my rules.
1: Well, no, he like what I was saying is. He has a pinch of her blowing stuff up. So like, mm-hmm. I don't think they could have let him retaliate because with the current climate in the world and things that go on in schools, like I yeah, do not think. Yeah,
0: the, the whole like bombs in schools are, that's a right. verboten topic and it continues to be so yeah, for like, obviously Goodreads. Um, right. I agree with that. Um, I think, um, so I love, I love her roommate. I want to get back to that. I love her roommate because she's first introduced to her roommate who loves everything colors and rainbows and lights. And she's very girly (laughs) and she's super excited about everything. And she wants to paint toenails and it's everything Wednesday isn't because they say Wednesday's allergic
1: allergic to color. color. It is. I love it. And I, and I honestly don't want to know if it's true or not. I don't care if it's like them just saying that or if it's real, like, I just love it. It's kind of like with One Punch Man. Like, how did he get so strong? No one cares. 100 push-ups, 100, 100 push- sit-ups every day. Run, yeah, run 10 kilometers every time. Like, yep. and I just, I want that to forever be the thing. Like, I want it to just, and casually just come up in every season where they're like, do you wear anything else? And she could say something off offhand about like how colors make her sick or make her yeah. break out in hives or just I love it. I just I just like Throws it. her just... into a murderous rage.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> but but I love it because, you know, the way they set up actually the way they set up all of the friendships and relationships is it starts out very antagonistic where you expect there to be a clash and then you end up seeing that some of the best friendships are born out of just kind of accepting one another for each, for who they are. Uh, Wednesday accepts Enid for who she is. Enid accepts Wednesday for who she is. And they have this amazing friendship. Um Even when they start fighting, it's because they actually care about one another. It I is. also love,
1: go ahead. I was say Enid's backstory is excellent. I, oh, I, yeah. and, and this is why I like them leaning into the older teen part, like, mm-hmm. because they get to touch on things of like coming into your own, going through puberty, kind of accepting who you are, but also not letting others tell you who you should be. And that's a key thing in Enid's backstory because she's a lichen who cannot transform.
0: And, and her parents can't accept her for who she is. Like they're, Basically, trying to send her to a conversion camp.
1: Yeah, the mom, the mom is super, super, super hard on her transforming. Whereas I feel like the dad is kind of almost just beholden to the mom because we do get I we get would, those tender moments. We get those tender moments with him when he's like, you know, I like you for who you are, and you yeah, know. Yeah,
0: but he's not strong enough to stand to, up to the mom.
1: No, not at all.
0: I like. I would like that in season two, which has been greenlit, by the way. Very nice. excited. Uh, In season two, I would really like to find out that Enid never tells her parents that she's transformed.
1: Oh, that, <laughs> that would be excellent. Secret. I would love that
0: because oh, the, be the, the one thing is like, well, I mean, yeah, she did transform, but the whole thing was maybe it was she was different. And I would love to find out that she has control over her transformation, yeah, whereas they do others, they can't don't. control when they transform. I would, because she seemed pretty much in the know and aware of herself when she was the wolf, and still, had rainbow, hmm? still had rainbow fingernails
1: when she changed. Still had rainbow fingernails when she changed, which I thought was excellent. Yes, it was excellent. She was still
0: her, and that I I would love to find out. I would love to find out that she's in full control when she transforms. And yeah. So that's that's what I would like to see. Uh I will say that when I started watching this, I was unsure. I was I was hopefully optimistic, but preparing myself for the worst. I was unsure. A lot of like the animosity of Wednesday against her mother was rubbing me the wrong way because it wasn't what I was expecting. In the end, though, I, I the more I watched it, the more I wanted to watch it. And the more I was getting into it. And by the end, I just
1: wanted more. I didn't See, want it to be over. I think I, I think they did that because, again, they're leaning into that teenager mm-hmm. thing. And, of course, teenagers are known for being schmarmy, anti-parent uh, entities. And so I think they had to find a way to make that show up with Wednesday. And I think they do a good job with it because it's not necessarily that she dislikes her parents. Like she loves her parents. She just doesn't want to be put into a mold or she has to be just like them. Yeah, And for a while there, she's actually trying to kind of fit into that mold and for better or worse, she can't. Uh She tries to be the captain of the fencing team and loses. Um, she tries to yeah she gets kind of, her
0: very first loss
1: yeah she takes the an L and
0: and you expect that she and her opposition will forever be enemies and they start out that way but eventually they become really strong allies
1: and she, the, her her rival kind of also has a really decent and interesting backstory um mm-hmm which i hope gets explored more and i i i cuz they don't touch on it enough like they do a good job with the show by giving you hints at what will happen in further seasons like the development of Enid's backstory the development of um the siren's backstory um as well as with uncle fester um him having these adventures off around and doing stuff and they even tie into the fact that he spent time in a monastery mm-hmm. um which is how she learns how Wednesday learns how to fight because she learned it from her uncle. Um yeah. they they do a really good job of honestly, the most boring characters in this show are the two boys, like the 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 two love interests.
0: Like Yeah. Yeah. Like, the boys are kinda yeah. Um but 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 weird. the boys that aren't, um, I really enjoyed her beekeeping friend.
1: He's my favorite. Oh great. He's so my favorite. Because Wednesday's like at one point, he's trying to, like, he's super caught up in the fact that these girls are now showing up to hang out with him at the B thing. And so he's, like, flirting with them. And this like, you know she's never going to say yes. And he's like, but there is a small chance that it could happen. She's like, it's nope. 99.9%. And he's like, but there's still a chance. He's yeah. my favorite. Because
0: um, – but it's, it's not in a way where it's like, you know, Steve Urkel, I'm wearing you down. It's just, yeah, and he's, he's not just creepy. a genuine person and he's going to continue to be passionate about the things that he's passionate about. And when he gets hurt and that really affects Wednesday. Yes. That is huge. And then, and then you meet his moms,
1: which are excellent. Like I hope, cause in Adam's family values, Wednesday gets with the, the nerdy kid at camp or whatever. Yes. I hope. Hoping- the universe. Yes, I hope if either, if it, if Wednesday does get a love interest, it's him or Enid is his love interest. Just because he fills in that kind of nerdy, nebbish role, but he's very dedicated to his friends, kind of like her father. Um, so I hope he, if that happens. Like in a perfect world, Wednesday would not have a love interest. I've never thought yes. of Wednesday as a character who would be romantically involved I in that way. I find
0: it hard. And there was a lot of pushing on this, a lot of will they won't they love triangle nonsense stuff. I find it difficult to think that Wednesday would start to have feelings of romance before she would start to have feelings of friendship. And she really doesn't have those feelings of romance because every outing and every coupling is a means
1: to an end. Right. For her. I think, I think the only ones that the only one that didn't was Enid. Cause even her friendship—oh, I just
0: meant from the boys, you know, the, oh. the two boys. Uh, but I mean, her friendship, she started her friendship with the B boy because she wanted to Hide check away. out the different clubs and, and get she, one. She had to join a club and two, she was trying to get information, but then she found she liked doing it. She first said, Oh, you remind me of my brother. And then she found that she really liked him. Enid. They had genuine friendship. Um, And and, you know, she started making other friends. But with the boys, it was she would come around when she had something that she needed to know and or needed a ride or when she needed a ride. And she ended up going to the the dance just because she felt guilty. (laughs) and She knew somebody (laughs) else had manipulated him. You know, she felt bad for him. Not not because she wanted to go. I'm also and she sad. She was being
1: manipulated as well. I'm also sad that, like, because she gets the dress from that weird antique shop, mm-hmm. but we don't get to see her deal with the antique lady enough. And I feel like that would have been a place where Wednesday. Oh, could have she's found, gonna be fun and yeah. Too. I think I I really hope we get more of her. Um, when with this show though, I think there were some nostalgia beats they missed because I really thought we had. I think we looked this up. Um, that the psychiatrist that she was seeing mm-hmm. was the the Girl Scout from... Yeah,
0: you thought she was Mercedes yes. McNabb, but she's not. She is the half of Garfunkel and Oates.
1: And I would have loved if they had tossed that in. Because, I mean, they brought Christina Ricci back from well, the show.
0: Well, I got something to say about Christina Ricci. Ooh. I thought Christina Ricci was on board from the get. Because she had this whole thing where she talked about how she had read the script and she met Jenny and she was all into it. Apparently, that role was originally going to be for thora birch and thora birch had actually already filmed scenes wow most of this the beginning scenes were already filmed by thora birch and i thought it was a stylistic choice that many of the scenes that christina ricci was in there were no other characters in the shot that she was always alone trying to show her loner status no 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 it was because she had to reshoot scenes that Thora Birch had already done over a green screen for the different sets because the sets weren't available. This is an afterthought. And then um not just sets, but you know, different blocking and different days. Um, and then uh it, it ended up changing what the outcome was because it may not have been the same outcome right at the end. So I thought that was really fascinating to me, but it was great because in the end, you you we finished with Wednesday and Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how they would... I don't honestly know how they And I'm not
0: spoiling by saying we end with Wednesday and Wednesday, just that they're in the season finale together.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know why they would have thought that they could do this show as... Because let's be real, the most popular character from the Addams Family franchise was Wednesday. Like, Christina Ricci's portrayal of that character...
0: Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's like you got Wednesday is is a, is a, because it's the titular role. But then also Raul Julia is gone and Angelica Houston I don't think is coming back for something like this. So, it's the only yeah. option, but the idea that Christina Ricci was willing to do it was kind of amazing, but she wasn't on board from the beginning and I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Not that it's not out there. I don't know if they thought maybe they couldn't get her or there was scheduling conflicts and then they well, she realized does, they could get her.
1: Well, she does have that new show. I think it's called yellow jackets or yeah. something of that nature. Yeah. So she, they, they could have been worried about um scheduling conflicts, but also like, like the I feel like not having Christina reaching this show would have been like the almost that happened with the alien's uh, movie, uh the sequel to Alien, originally, Sigourney Weaver wasn't in it. Matter of fact, she didn't even know that they were going to do a sequel until someone called her and was like, yo, did they tell you about this? And she was like, no. And people were like, wait, what? And so they go to the, the producers and they're like, what are you thinking? Yeah, exactly. And so I, f- I feel like that's kind of what happened here. Like, they, yeah, they had Thor Birch, which is fine, because who doesn't like Hocus Pocus? Um...
0: Well, I was really surprised that Thora Birch didn't show up in Hocus Pocus, and now I'm like, gosh, I hope she didn't film Wednesday, so she. <laughs> and, and that was like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just theorizing here, Um but yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy with the way that everything that the way that it worked out, and I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad that we have that credibility because that is one of those things that you know you kind of cringe. You're like, oh no, what are they going to do? Especially and I haven't seen it, but I've heard terrible things about the um Rob Zombie the Monsters. Ooh. I haven't seen it, but you Ooh. you get scared. But then when you see Christina Ricci in the credits, you're like, hmm, I'm gonna give this a shot. You know who else gave it credit for me? Uh Gwendolyn Christie. Yes. I love Gwendolyn Christie. She is amazing. She is yes. ha-
1: She's Tilda Swintoning so hard in this in this show.
0: No, she's not Tilda Swintoning. She's doing the Birds. Really? So the main actress from the Birds, Tippi Hedren. Her whole, just, just. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link so you can look at it. But I'm just gonna show you a bunch of pictures of her from the Birds. Okay, and you are gonna see. Uh, just all of the white outfits, the, um, the white outfits, that sophistication, that whole, that whole look, everything that is the character that Gwendolyn Christie is playing, um, is, is this character from the birds. And that was her inspiration. She was given a photo of her from the birds and was like, yes, I've got it. I'm doing it. And yeah, all over like that, that is her character. And apparently Gwendolyn Christie was starstruck when she had her Zoom meeting with Tim Burton that she felt like she made a fool of herself and that apparently Tim Burton was such a fan that he was feeling like he was making a fool of themselves. And they both apologized to each other for being so awkward.
1: <laughs> I and and this makes me happy because one of my favorite films, uh Jin hates it, uh is The Birds. I love the Birds. It's it's and I, it's not for it that it's a, that for me, it's not a scary movie at all. It's just one of those films that like Hitchcock did that I really, really enjoy. Um, well, I'll tell you for poor Tippy, uh, that was not a great movie for her to film. Mm, I'm pretty sure it's not because I don't think, uh, because Hitchcock is not good, uh, to his third actors. Bird
0: went after her eye. And he was unrelenting throughout the entire filming. And she finally put her foot down after getting an eye injury. She was like, no, that's it. I'm done. I'm not filming anything else. And he had to finish without her filming because she, she was like, you have just put me in so much danger and I am so sore and exhausted. Yeah. No, he's not good to his
1: actress. Not at all. And Bye. we all know the stories of, uh, of, uh, what psycho? I think it is. Which story? Oh, um, wait, no, no, no. Is it? Yeah, Psycho's the one where with the shower scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the stuff he put the 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 actress through for that movie. But you know,
0: you mean Jamie Lee Curtis's mom?
1: Yes, I forgot that's her.
0: That's Janet Lee, the Lee of Jamie Lee.
1: But yeah, they just yeah. he's he again. He made great movies, just like a Kubrick made great movies, same thing like a Cameron. But they are. They were not good to their actresses. Uh, no, but in this though, she's excellent. Like, matter of fact, I don't think there's a bad performance in any of Wednesday. Like,
0: I have some criticisms. Ooh. I thought most of the actors for the flashback scenes were amazing, except Gomez. Young Gomez was all wrong. Young <laughs> Gomez was playing a young Raul Julia, not a young Luis Guzman. He was taller lighter um in skinnier. in skinnier exactly it just suave just very different and it, i didn't like it
1: yeah i, I would like have it. honestly like i feel like if you were gonna go for a high school era gomez adams you know who would have probably been a really good catch to do that role
0: mm.
1: ned from spider-man
0: oh
1: His best friend. I think that would have been a really good high school era Gomez.
0: Okay.
1: Because he's got the build for it. He's not too tall. And I think he has really good comedic timing. So I think he would have been really, really good in the role. But I think he's
0: too old at this point. Because he does not look like a high school character anymore.
1: I mean, to be fair, Ginny Antigua isn't technically high school age.
0: And he is Filipino. Not really
1: Latino. I know a lot of people confuse that. I mean I, I mean, he's listen, he's brown. We get we let's listen, it's some you know, being specific sometimes, you know, we can't do that. So we just we'll just ask for someone of color. Like we'll just, but just I do
0: applaud your idea of finding somebody that is the right stature. Like finding somebody that looks like they'd be a young Luis Guzman. Um also the idea that Morticia fell in love with uh Gomez. Him being round, not, you know, oh, now he's round, but he's always been round. Yeah. That to me, I think would speak volumes, you know, because the whole thing is between Morticia and Gomez, it was always supposed to be that he didn't make sense, you know, when you looked at them visually, like one was stunning and one was not as stunning and, you know, short, funny, weird looking. But that she had fallen in love with him and he was everything she wanted because she fell for him.
1: It's the Pete Davidson rule. <laughs> he might not be the most good looking, but he can tell a joke. And to be fair, with when it comes to the Gomez and Morticia, part of why she, I think she loves him is because he's literally dedicated to her. He's like, once he realized that he loved Morticia, there was no one else. Literally no one else. And I think that, single-minded focus is kind of what won morticia over right like because at that point especially when we see the flashback she's on top of the world she's the captain of the, the the fencing club she's getting awards she's like the 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 you know she's the star pupil at the school and so she could probably get any guy she wants but it's this kind of weird nerdy dude who showed her the dedication that other guys couldn't and i think that's really interesting and nice and it also speaks to like we said earlier like how much they love each other like not just morticia and gomez but the whole family
0: mhm i i i agree i agree um and i i believe i found somebody who could play young gomez but unfortunately i don't think he's an actor Aww. but Luis guzman's uh son simi I mean, <laughs> like, you look at pictures of him and, okay, he's not round like his dad, but yeah, it's, it's, it's quite good. Let me just, let me just give you that quick little, take a look yeah. at that. And at home, listening, look it up, C-E-M-I Guzman.
1: He's, why he's. Does, oh my God. Why does he look like Luis Guzman and, and Cal Drago had a baby?
0: I mean, a little bit, a little bit. It's that it's the hair for me. It's the a it's the hair. But, but yeah, no, I I it. they could have done better. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna
1: say. Yeah, they but, you yeah. Know, cause again, and, and I think in that in those moments, like you said, they were going for that Raúl Julia character. They were going for yeah. the the charismatic, suave Gomez. Although they don't have him in that type of situation, he's in a distraught situation. Um. In, in these flashbacks. So I don't know why they had to like try to get him to be the most handsomest Gomez that could ever handsome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
0: But that, th- so those are my downsides, but I really enjoyed this show. I'm excited for more. I'm excited that it has a season two. Apparently it broke like tons of viewing records for Netflix. Netflix normally doesn't share their view counts or anything, but it is, it was like number one in most countries. It surpassed, um, Stranger Things season four, which was big because everybody really did care about season four. Um, yeah, it's, I'm excited and hopefully that means we'll get more, but it is still Netflix. Yeah. So unless it continues to outdo Stranger Things we're only getting 3 seasons max.
1: <laughs> yeah. And but you know what? I I will say that I had not had any interest in watching this cuz I am a diehard fan of those uh, original 2 movies cuz I'm a I'm a sucker for Raul Julia. I think he's a really good actor and you know, we all know the story that when he did Street Fighter, he was dying of cancer and he still put in the best performance in that entire movie and he also delivered one of the greatest lines in cinema. All the time, of all time, when he tells Chun-Li, you know, when Bison came to your town and killed your father, that was the worst day of your life. But for me, it was a Tuesday. And it's just so savage. But, like, he's Raoul Julia, so he delivers it greatly. So, like, I wasn't keen on watching this. But people just nutty, was saying it was great. Everybody was saying it was great. So I finally, you know, caved and watched it and I ended up binging the whole thing. And so I I have to give a a show mad props um, when it can turn me not from, say, like detracting from the show, but like I'm like, I'll get to it when I get to it, making it something that is prescient. Like I have to finish this thing. Yeah. And it
0: I, it definitely built steam. I think like see, episode 3 or 4 is really when I was fully hooked. Um
1: mind you if they had told me we were going to get a nerdy Christina Ricci it would have helped me want to watch it but you know it's fun.
0: I mean it is What's it up? is pretty cute. And there's a lot more like spoiler things I could say just based on her appearance alone but we we don't go too deep into the spoilers in these. So what are we going to pair this with?
1: Ooh, see, I'm not going to pair it with a whole meal, but because I love Adam's Family and Risks and Danger, I want to get that bag of chips that has the random super spicy chip in it. The ones that I think I think Tech wanted to try. Yep. I would pair it with these because I feel like when you're dealing with the Adam's Family, you have to expect the unexpected. It is the
0: Doritos, I think, that does it, where it's the, the Doritos roulette, roulette, rather. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I... Uh, I've, so if you want chips, by the way, um, I highly recommend getting potpourri looking chips. If you want to do that whole Gomez and Pugsley thing where they're <laughs> eating potpourri. So there is this, that was actually um, really funny mix of chips that I can get up here. It's like, uh, a melange something or other. Anyway, it's, um, uh, beet chips and yam chips and sweet potatoes and different different kinds of tubers that are made into chips. They're just, it's like anything but potatoes and they get all crinkly and they, they are just look so good. They look like potpourri. So that would be awesome. And you could dip it in one of the condiments that would accompany my meal because Jenna Ortega says that she makes an excellent guacamole and I make an excellent guacamole. So I'm like, Ooh, I'm all about guacamole. But we're gonna also pair that with Luis Guzman's favorite meal, which is rice and beans. So we're gonna do like rice and beans and some guacamole and your chips and then my chips, and it's just gonna be a whole snack board that we can just snack while we're binging. Because you should be having lots of snacks while binging. It's not Absolutely. like a meal and a movie. It's it's a it's a whole thing. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, no, absolutely. And, I just and those love the beans fact better that, be black. I'm sorry.
1: Like oh, they yeah, red they gotta, beans and
0: all, but they better be black beans because black yeah. beans are the tastiest.
1: Yeah, if have Goose from New Orleans, it would be red beans and rice. But he's not. So it's got to be black beans. Okay. Listen, you dirty, so. listen, dirty rice is from the South. It's, it, you don't like the New Orleans red beans and rice? I didn't say anything.
0: You're the one saying all these things, making these assumptions. Yeah. None of this is coming from me. Yeah, this is all coming from Jason. Um, I just want beans and rice and I want the beans to be black because black beans are my favorite.
1: Oh, they're so good though. They're so good. They're just so tasty.
0: And when you add the guacamole with that and you got some chips and you got some.
1: You can have all the guac. You can have patheas. every ounce of the guac. <laughs> I'm not a fan of avocado.
0: Oh, I love avocado.
1: It, there are a few things that I will not eat. And avocado is one that you have to force feed me to you.
0: Well, I won't force feed you. I'll keep it all for myself.
1: Absolutely, you and Jen could have it. Jen loves it.
0: But I have a question. When was the last time you had it?
1: Oh, um, I used to have, I used to force myself to have it when I was making protein shakes and stuff. But the last time I had like what people considered good guac was when we went to a really good restaurant uh, that made that Mexican restaurant that did it theirself. Mm-hmm. So you were an adult. Yeah, and I think, and I think, I think my reason for guac for not liking guac is the cilantro. Um, because I oh, cilantro yeah. cilantro tastes like soap to me.
0: So most people put cilantro in their guac. I would, I am wondering what your thoughts on guac would be without the cilantro. Because, and the reason I bring this up, and I'm a not a stickler, but I I always have to know why people don't like when they last had guacamole is when I was a kid, I hated avocados, I hated guacamole. It was disgusting after there are certain taste buds that don't develop until your twenties. And one of those is um, the one that likes guacamole or likes uh, not guacamole, but avocado. And um mm. so many people I know, we would all talk about this. I was like, I used to hate this as a kid, but now I love it. And a lot of kids don't like avocado. Some kids do, and they might end up not liking it in the future or they might continue to like it. But there's a lot of people that, Even in their teen years, you know, like their tweens or whatever, they really didn't like avocados and then later on find out that they like it. Much like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, there's certain like types of flavors that your tongue as a youth does not appreciate and does not like and it actually tastes wrong to you. And then as an adult, you're more willing to accept these flavors. And I love that. Guacamole and avocado, and I used to absolutely hate it. I also used to not be able to eat kiwi, and now I'm like, yeah, kiwi's okay, but I'm, it's not my favorite.
1: Still, too many seeds, like strawberries. Too many seeds. It's gonna grow in my you stomach. You just and I'm cut the burst. seeds out
0: if you don't like the seeds. There's I'm
1: gonna, not I'm that gonna, many. It's that gonna, else. it's gonna kill me. It's I'm gonna make my stomach burst. It's an Adam's family-esque murder. There's my my Adam's family tomb would have me bursting. Are you afraid with seeds. of eating seeds? <laughs> like I make the joke, but like. As a kid, I, I, that's one of those things as a kid, I used to think. And then like, as an adult, I'm like, that's silly, Jason. I'm like, yeah, but strawberries are still gross. I think it's all. This it's is a, all new information
0: for me. No, it's, just, a lot it's just, to take those,
1: in. it's just one little It's why I don't eat strawberries because they have so many seeds, just so many. And I, it's, a, it's a texture thing. If I get one errant seed, I'm like, I'm done. Like, so how do you deal with poppy seeds? I don't like poppy seed stuff. Like the last time I had something with a poppy seed in it was, Sesame uh. Sesame seeds? I can tolerate sesame seeds, but usually only as a garnish of some kind. Like, and I prefer black sesame seeds and, and even still, even if I get, but if I get an errant sesame seed, like if it's not tender enough to where I could just eat it and I don't notice it, if I like crunch through one, I'm like, mm.
0: wow. It's, okay. So people, if you want to torment Jason,
1: just seeds. put errant
0: seeds around him and tell him he has to go swimming in the open water.
1: Yeah, bro, why, why do y'all want to go in the ocean? Bro? Why y'all want to go in the ocean? I have
0: detected all of Jason's fears. He's Did, fine jumping out of airplanes, but put him in the open water
1: or have him eat a seed. Didn't y'all see what happened in the boat race in Wednesday? There are mer people in the ocean. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But
0: um I hope that you enjoy Wednesday. And if you saw it, tell us what is your favorite part. I'm gonna tell you the um dance scene, not my favorite part, but I had way too many people talking about it before I ever saw it. So people, sometimes you might be ruining it for other people. For me, that was not my favorite part.
1: Yeah, and and I don't mind it, but it just also, wasn't my favorite part. Let us know what you think of Uncle Fester, because yeah. I like I, I love again. Uncle Fester. I love Doc Brown, Uncle Fester. I, again, I am a solid fan of those original movies. But this Uncle Fester was fun. Like, this, this Uncle, Uncle Fester, Fester was fun.
0: We didn't even talk about Thing. Oh, my God. Thing oh is excellent. Thing was excellent. And he had the
1: most character
0: depth of any Addams Family
1: anything. Also, he's also the butt of one of the best jokes. It's like when they ask, where's the rest of Thing? And Wednesday's just like... It's the greatest Adams Family mystery. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, he's he's really excellent in this. Also, I, Lurch. We only get a couple scenes with Lurch, just a few but scenes of Lurch. But he's excellent. Like when because he's because let's be honest, Lurch is over seeing Gomez and Morticia all over each other. And oh, he, his eye rolling
0: eye is on on par with Wednesday's eye rolling. I mean, yeah, there's just so much more to explore. So I can't wait. All right, so let us know what was your favorite part because. I could probably talk for another two hours about this.
1: It's, it, it was a surprisingly good show. And you, and when it comes to these legacy sequel type things, they, they, it's hit or miss a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think this one was a definite hit. It may not have necessarily been out of the park, so to speak, but it was, yeah, it might have been, it might have been in a, an infield home run. Like it's, it's pretty good. Like I'm not mad at it.
0: I enjoy it a lot, and I'm a huge Adams Family fan. I have the original comics, you know, from the New Yorker and all the other stuff. So I, I loved it.
1: A New Yorker liking a a New Yorker liking New York comics. Okay, I would have never comics from the
0: magazine, the New Yorker.
1: Right. I would have never guessed.
0: Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) And on that note, Jason's driving me crazy. Talk to y'all later. I hope you enjoyed this. Bye. Bye. And before we go, I want to make sure that we thank the patrons without whom we wouldn't have two episodes a month. And without the feedback from even the (laughs) non-patrons, um i'm not sure i'd be pushing as hard for not just the two episodes a month but throwing in these little extra bonus episodes that i've been doing uh thank you so much for everybody that just kind of sends me little notes and sends me feedback i don't do feedback shows because nobody wants to hear me just reading other people's feedback but i do appreciate it and it does kind of keep me going there was one this week in particular that definitely gave me motivation. So I do appreciate it. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking into the void and not really sure if anyone's listening, you know what I mean? But I really want to thank all of you. And the patrons definitely tell me that you're listening and that you're interested. And that definitely keeps me going. Because without any sort of feedback, it does kind of feel like, are people even listening? Especially with the way that, I don't know, maybe it's just me because I don't pay for any statistics or anything. All of the, the information I get just looks like there's no one listening. But you wouldn't be paying, you wouldn't be donating if you weren't listening. So I do want to thank all of you. You definitely keep me going. Um, and we're going to start with our top tier, our big daddies, our street team. Uh, so thank you to Jax, our, our top patron. Thank you to our other big daddies, to Jason and Rich the TT. Thank you to our patrons of the arts, Kaylin, uh, Mark Cabot, the caffeinated one, the bathtub mermaid and Susanna. Thank you so much. All of you for keeping things going and thank you to everybody else who is just adding a little extra. Just giving the, as, as you know, it's, it's a little token and it just keeps me going. Um, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you to Andy, Luke, Cliff, the uncle monster, (laughs) Greg, Harold, Hugh, who was just recently on. That was great having Hugh on. Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Crazy Joe Adventures, Mike, PCAT, The Radical Geek, Shane, Steven, Will, and Zachman. Thank you so much, all of you. I really do appreciate it. And you just, you just give me that little oomph to keep going. So thank you for that. I appreciate that, especially in these these cold months when you're not seeing much sun and and you're kind of feeling like you want to uh, just kind of hide under the covers and not do anything, see anybody or talk to people. So this is definitely something that that just reminds me that people want to hear my voice. So thank you.